and I'll bet that they're being heard on every radio telescope on the entire Earth. Are you feeling by any chance like a goober? I know you are, but what am I? What does it look like I'm doing picking goobers? Pardon me, did I hear you say? On the radio, he is introduced like this. Raspberry Jam, Strawberry Jam, Marmalade Jam, Peanut Butter Jam. Let's jam! Jam! Welcome back to the Goober Hour. I am now here with Canadian Sensation, Wills Jams. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thanks so much for having me. This is great. I first of all want to thank you for being here because it's you have a big context in my life. I remember when I first started making kids music 10 years ago and I was a kid myself. I remember playing the Surrey Children's Festival Community Spirit Stage and you were headlining. Mm-hmm. The festival, and I remember the festival programmer saying, "You know, Will actually started on on the smaller stages and then made his way up." So you were sort of a beacon of hope for us. Amazing, and then, amazing. And then later on, um, you played Newport Village. I went to that concert way back when. I don't know if you remember that, but I do. I remember meeting you there. I do remember that. Yeah, I was still a child, but yeah, it's incredible how long ago that was. And even during my band, the Zing Zangs recording, you obviously play such a big part in the Vancouver kids music community, but also there was a big running joke while recording about Jam. I, I'm just going <laughs> to say it now. I love the music video for Jam. I think it's so artistic. It's almost like CBC Kids meets Black Mirror, just in the way that you enter in color. We always uh, thought it was hilarious how the song kind of jump scares you in that yeah. video. So anytime we would forget a lyric or something in the studio, we would start singing jam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my entrance there, the maybe I can help. Uh, was, uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I have to give the credit to the the my friends uh, Cam and Cat who produced that video because they're the you know they're the real genius behind behind that one but that is a really fun video really fun one it's so good and so i feel like this interview was a long time coming i thank you for being here i want to start with the very beginnings what got you into making the music that you still make today uh well i started i mean my very first experience of of sort of writing songs for kids happened when i was uh, i was in university getting my education degree and um at UBC. And I had a project, like I was given an assignment. It was like a language arts assignment. And, and I was at home and thinking about, okay, how could I create something kind of original and um, make this, make this lesson kind of special. And I thought, oh, well, why don't I, why don't I make this activity a song, an interactive song? And, and that's what I did. And I came up with a song and, and, uh, and brought my guitar in up to the university the next day and shared it with everyone. And it was, it was like a huge hit. Everyone, no one could believe it. I don't think at the time they even knew that I played music or played guitar or sang. And, and um, right from there, that was kind of a moment where I realized uh, the power of music in education, which has always been a really big uh, part of what I do and, and sort of a motivator for, for making music for kids. Right. And what first got you into teaching? Uh, well, I... I, my mom's a teacher. She was a French immersion kindergarten teacher for most of her career. Um, and so again, that has a huge, <laughs> a huge influence in, uh, in my life. I, I taught French immersion, uh, music. So I taught music at a French mm-hmm. immersion school here in Vancouver for about five years, uh, before I started to pursue the music as a full-time, uh, career. And, um, 
Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I think like becoming a teacher was always uh, sort of an option for me as and growing up with a, my mom as a, a teacher and my grandmother was a teacher. It's kind of like a long line of educators in my family uh, was probably what kind of sent me in that direction. You know, I love that most of the time with kids musicians, you find out that a musician had a kid and became a parent. And that's what influenced um, kids music. I love it when I find out that teachers or people had projects in university. I think Splash and Boots were the same thing, right? They started um, with a project for university in theater school um, and put on a kid's show. And then that's what led to Splash and Boots. Um, So I feel like even in Canada, that's sort of a, that's another big stepping stone uh, for the kids music scene is often in the teaching field. And I think that's so cool. Um, It makes me wonder if any of the teachers that I had growing up were aspiring musicians (laughs) and just didn't make the didn't make the leap. Yeah. So at what point did you figure out, okay, these songs are really catching on, I've got to go record some albums, I've got to get my material out there? Um, I I mean, I, I made my first couple albums were really just sort of experiments. And and I kind of cringe now looking back at them and and um, you know, the quality was really poor, but it was, it was more like something that I was just doing for fun. Uh, and then right. I'd say probably around that time, as I mentioned, I, I stopped teaching after five years. And that last year of teaching, I was teaching part-time and doing and gigging, uh, you know, doing performances for kids, like in schools and festivals uh, on the side. And, and I think I did close to, I think I did close to a hundred performances that year. Wow. And real, and, and basically it was one of these situations where I was kind of like burning the candle at both ends. I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was doing a good job teaching and I didn't feel like I was doing a good job performing because I was doing kind of too much of both. And it was, it was making it really difficult to, mm. to be successful, I guess. And so I, I, I applied for a one year leave of absence from the Vancouver school board and uh, was given that year of absence. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to give this a try. Uh, It'll be a one year experiment. We'll see what happens. And, but, you know, I I had kind of like proven that there was a market with what I'd been doing. So I didn't feel quite so nervous, like, you know, just kind of like jumping off, off the the deep end and and going. So um, yeah. And I mean, that was like, I don't even know, like maybe 14 or 13 or 14 years ago now or something. So. That's incredible. And and you had Bob's and Lolo. I remember this from my childhood as a kid yeah. growing up in Vancouver. Um, I remember a big crossover moment was finding out that Bob's and Lolo were singing on those original albums. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, at what point when you're playing shows and everything, did you start to kind of mesh yourself into the kids music scene that was growing in Vancouver at the time? Uh, well, I, again, I'd say it's around that time that I left teaching. I did my album, the album My Backyard was produced by Mario Vira, who is the producer and co-writer and uh, band member in Bob's and Lolo. Um, right. And so Mario uh, produced that record in their little apartment. Uh, they At the time, they lived in Kitsilano. And mm. we, so I recorded like in this little apartment with them. It was, it was great. <laughs> and then, uh, and that's sort of the connection with Bob's and Lolo. I knew them, um, but it was really working with Mario that uh, opened that doorway to have them kind of sing as guests on a number of songs. And they even appear in, in a couple of videos, I think the couple of the Wills Jams videos, which was really, really fun. But uh, so on that note, I, I, I really find that um, the community of, children's musicians in the, in this country, that's what I know, uh, is really a, a wonderful community. And it's, I've, I've found over the years, 
I get a lot of enjoyment of collaborating and um, and kind of like trying to nurture that community in, in a way like by just by working with other people. And it's it's inspiring and it's fun and it's it's kind of a friendly environment. And there's a lot of really nice people that make really great music. So, um, yeah, it's it's one of my favorite things about doing this. And on that note, we brought up Bob's and Lolo, Splash and Boots. While you were growing up, what would you say were some of your biggest inspirations um, that led you to making kids music yourself? Uh, I would say, I mean, Fred Penner was definitely an influence. Um, I was a little bit older, I suppose, when his show came out, but I, I definitely have memories of, of watching uh, Fred Penner's place. But I think in terms of music, I definitely have memories of Sharon Lois and Bram. That was probably... I, I having, you know, the vinyl records and I remember mm. listening to their music a lot and, and that would definitely be sort of, um, I guess an influence in terms of music for kids for me. Right. We're actually, we're having Sharon and Bram on the show in a few weeks. I'm very oh, excited. <laughs> You've tied it all together. Well, it's funny. I've never, I've never actually met them and, um, I, I kind of wish that I'd, I'd get that opportunity sometime. I'm sure it, it might happen. Who knows? But, um, I'll throw um, your name out there. Yeah, sure. sure. Let them know that, that they were a big influence on me. That would be great. I definitely will. You mentioned the music videos. I have to talk about these. I mentioned Jam. CBC Kids, you did a, a whole series of music videos. I remember these on TV while mm -hmm. growing up, actually. So, mm -hmm. what was it like to film videos, some of them for songs that you had recorded, like you mentioned, in a Kitsilano apartment? Because I don't think you re-recorded <laughs> the songs, right? A lot of those yeah. were from the albums. Um, yeah. So, what was it like to go back to some of that material, um, but br breathe a whole new life into them? Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was uh, an incredible, honestly, one of the, the 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 best experiences in my career was obviously having that opportunity with CBC Kids. Um, just so so great. It's I, it's a bit of a long story how it all happened, but it's it is pretty neat. But in terms of um, yeah, revisiting, like we actually self-produced the first nine videos of that series and then pitched those videos to CBC, uh, mm -hmm. CBC Kids. We pitched them to lots of other broadcasters as well, but CBC was kind of the, um, the best landing place for them and the place where we got the most uh, enthusiasm. And then, yeah, and then we, we made another group of nine videos with CBC's uh, support and then again, another nine after that. So the last nine was they were they're probably my favorites because that was an opportunity where I actually had a chance to write music specifically with that project in mind. So that was my right. album called Just Imagine. Uh, and so there's songs like Trikers and Color It and Chugadachoo, Stampede, like songs that are still mainstays of my of my live performance, especially like public shows. Um, and it was really fun to write songs with the idea that they're going to become visual media uh, in mind. And uh, that really worked out well. That was a really, really neat experience. Very cool. You know, I'm, I'm not to brag, but I am quite well versed in Will's Jams videos. <laughs> I was wondering, what is your favorite Will's Jams video so far? Uh, I, I, I keep coming back to Trikers. I think that one is it's uh, so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's my it's, it's really fun. It's a funny one to watch. It's super fun to perform live. And so, yeah, that that's my favorite. Yeah. Mentioning Trikers, you are so good at writing from a kid's perspective. I was wondering as a songwriter, where do your ideas come from the most? I would say, I, I mean, when I was starting out, I think I got a lot of inspiration 
from my students, you know, at, at, at school that I, these kids that I was teaching things like, uh, hockey's just really cool. Like th- these songs were, I can pinpoint these moments in time, like at school, there was a group of kids that would always play hockey on the schoolyard. And, and, and I would, you know, I'd see them every day after school and I, and I'm like, Oh, that's a great idea. And I wrote that song. Um, and then I'd say, as I started having kids of my own, my kids became the main influence, uh, in terms of inspiration for song ideas. Um, and yeah, now I feel like I'm, I'm shifting a little bit even more so towards the educational side and, and, uh, seeing my kids go through school and, and thinking about what types of songs and music can be really useful and helpful in that space. That's probably my main inspiration now. So it's, it's changed and evolved over time. And I remember seeing during the recording of the album we are about to talk about, Big Shiny Spoons, your latest album. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember seeing that you were recording some songs with your kids. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I um, well, I recorded all my parts here at home. It was, you know, in, in COVID times. And uh yeah, my kids actually, they they really get into that now. And it's, uh, it's super fun. And they're bilingual too, which is great. So I can get them singing on my French songs and singing on my English songs. And, uh, and it's super fun. It's just, you know, my kids love to do it. And, and I, it, it's just brings me so much joy to bring them in into that process. So yeah. And you mentioned recording from home as a fellow kids musician who made an album from home. I know how rewarding and challenging that can all be. Big Shiny Spoons, I will say, is incredible. I think it's your most ambitious yet when it comes to the music. I was listening to it again um, mm. for this interview. And I just I love that it takes it just a little bit further um, in every sense of the production. I love that there's an insane guitar solo on the song Friendship Built on Rock. Oh, yeah. Um, I was listening <laughs> to it and I was and I was looking at my friend and I was like, this is a Will's Jam song. But listen to how crazy <laughs> this guitar solo is. It's incredible. Um, there's so many songs with some like 90s rock flavor. You've got a rap about beats, which is <laughs> yeah, hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you really went all out on this one. I also, I remember a specific song, The Simple Things. The song, oh, The yeah. Simple Things. Yeah. I remember a big moment. You are so talented, like I mentioned, at writing from the kid's perspective. Something I noticed in The Simple Things is, is it seemed to be from your perspective, that song, mm. rather than a kid per se, like it it seemed very personal, um, which I thought was a really cool, different take um, than what we're used to from Will's Jam's albums too. So what would you say was the biggest influence on making this album that kind of goes all out in all directions? I mean, this song, this album was made in COVID and was hugely influenced by the times that we're living in. And um, uh, there's a lot of uh, influence of, you know, things that my kids were either, you know, things that I thought were inspired or, you know, ideas inspired by my kids, but the simple things probably more than any other song on the, on the album is really, um, really, really about my experience, I suppose, in COVID and prior to, prior to the lot, you know, the lockdown and, and all these, the, the sort of start of COVID, I, I was really, really busy. Like I was just touring constantly pretty much for 10 years. You know, I was just touring like all the time and, and it was catching up to me and kind of, um, you know, I'd say I was almost on the verge of kind of burning out on, on that. And, um, uh, and so COVID gave me, um, time to kind of take a breath and, um, and, and it just, just that, like kind of appreciate the simple things in my life and 
my family and, you know, time with people that are important to me, you know, and, and the sort of the, on the, uh, the sort of the coming out of COVID side of things now, I, I feel a whole new sort of rejuvenation around my career and around what I'm doing. And uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm just super inspired to get back to performing. I feel great. Again, I feel younger than I did at that time. And, and um, so I, I think, yeah, I, I guess my answer is that the, the, the songs are really inspired by um, these sort of these times that we're living in. And even though it was recorded at home, you had so many different guest artists record their parts at home too, which I think is a really cool thing that maybe people wouldn't have had time to go to the studio in the normal, <laughs> in the normal timeline. Maybe people yeah. would have been busy or whatever, but it's so cool that everybody was at home and was able to contribute their parts. We got the Utenuts, I love them, and Kelowna. We got yeah. uh, Dinah D from the Kerplunks, Penny Pom Pom, Sika Sings. It's a very star-studded BC album. <laughs> um, so what was it? like to work with everybody long distance uh it was it was great and and with different um you know different guests it was kind of a different uh levels of uh involvement like the song with dinah we actually that song's a co-write that's the renewable energy kid which was a really really fun song to write with her and that's one thing too that that happened during covid i i i've always pretty much written all my own songs by myself um and being at home ironically was kind of this thing that opened the door for me to collaborate more with people and especially in terms of writing. And, um, so yeah, it, it, and I, and I started like writing songs with people on zoom and, and realizing, Hey, you can actually do this. Like it's not perfect, but people had time, you know, people had time mm -hmm. to sit down on a zoom call for four hours and, and work through song ideas. And, uh, yeah, it was really neat to be able to bring that to this record and, and moving forward, like, with the work I'm doing now, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty neat. That sounds very rewarding. And you mentioned a whole new kind of rejuvenation of the Wills Jams universe. <laughs> How would you say that your music has evolved since those original albums recorded in an apartment, which sounds very fun, by the way? <laughs> uh, I mean, I had so many different experiences, uh, uh, in terms of recording, like I went to Nashville to make one of my records. I did one of my albums at, um, the warehouse studio and here in Vancouver, which is an amazing mm -hmm. place. Like uh, such incredible uh, opportunities and, and, um, and, and different things. But in terms of the, the evolution, I feel like so much of it has really come from the experience of performing the songs live. And uh, that's always been as much as I do love writing the songs, I love recording and I love all of that. But my favorite thing, is performing live and having that that um, experience with the audience, and I think that that's really what has driven kind of the evolution of what I do. Uh, you know, I've done I, I've done I don't know I don't even know it's like well over two thousand shows for young audiences, and wow, I think that it really um, I think that that's really where you get the payoff in terms of. Uh, getting super comfortable performing and seeing what works and seeing what doesn't work and and um, just making sure that your performances are memorable for those kids that are there. So I think it's the live performance that's really driven my evolution, I guess. Right. And performing goes back all the way to your beginnings as a French immersion music teacher. Um, I think it's incredible that you've always integrated French in your music and 
I've caught <laughs> I've caught ear that there's so many singles coming out right now. When I was looking into uh, your music, there's so many singles coming out with Sika Sings, who we mentioned was a part of Big Shiny Spoons. I hear you've got a whole album coming out of French songs. I'd love to hear about that. Uh, yeah, we do. The, the singles are coming out this fall. Um, and the this is a project that that would not have happened had there not been COVID. Like that's what opened up all kinds of time and opportunity to make new connections. And uh, Sika is an incredible collaborator for this project. She uh, she does music for kids, and but her main um, her main job or career she's a, a French teacher at the University of Alberta, and oh, wow. she actually did a master's in song translation. And so, um, working with her has been like, we, we kind of hit it off right away when we, when we, I, I, when I, I sort of reached out to her and said, Hey, do you want to try, like, let's just try writing a song in French, uh, over zoom and see what happens. And, and we did. And, and almost immediately, both of us realized that we kind of hit on something, uh, special and our goal with this music, this French, these French songs was, was really to write songs that are going to be really useful for French educators, whether they're French immersion teachers or core French teachers and kids who are learning French as a second language. So both Sika and myself, uh, we came to French as our second language. And so we, I think we kind of uh, appreciate the process of learning a language and we both mm. uh, as musicians recognize the power of music in learning a second language. And so we've, we've put that sort of theory into practice with this, this album. And so all of the songs are, they're all thematic about different types of things that um, young kids or, or new language learners are learning. And um, we've also, we've also uh, created music videos. So that are basically, we're going to release them as lyric videos uh, to support that learning and so, yeah, we're really excited. I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, the full album is coming out October 21st and, uh, the videos, a lot of the video content is actually going to live on a brand new website that my wife is creating, uh, called arts IQ, which is a space that's going to integrate different art forms, performing arts into education. And so that's another sort of big project uh, in the works over here at Pebble Star Productions. <laughs> Incredible. I think it's it's cool that it's kind of coming full circle, all of your projects, because now we got a whole new series of Will's Jams influenced videos with Sika. I think that's very cool. Yeah. I Here at the Goober Hour, we like to do something to make ourselves stand out. And that is asking a question that you have definitely never been asked before in any <laughs> other interview. I like it. And so our exclusive question of this interview is, Describe your ideal breakfast food. What does Will's Jams eat for breakfast in his <laughs> ideal world? Where in a day oh. that's going perfectly. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I mean, it's 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 almost too easy for me to answer peanut butter and jam on toast because I I, I it's not the whole like Will's Jams thing is not just put on. I'm a huge fan of jam. I really like it. <laughs> I I want. I actually I I've been trying to convince. Um, my wife, Kim, that my next merch item should actually be jam. Like I should be selling Will's jams now that, <laughs> yes, now that, now absolutely. that CDs, yeah, now that CDs are kind of, uh, you know, a thing of the past and, and we've, yeah, we talk about what the next merch item should be and uh, we're not there yet, but I, I'd say that my favorite breakfast, honestly, simple. I love peanut butter and jam on toast. 
and um, coffee, of course. Amazing. Well, I'm very excited for Arts IQ, but I really badly hope that the next the next item on Pebble Star Productions list is Will's Jams, literal. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll be putting in my vote for that. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Will. You're welcome. And I'll put you I'll put you down for a jar. I'll put you oh, down please. for a jar. <laughs> Absolutely do. Um, for the listeners out there, where can they find your music? Uh, be- the best place is uh, Spotify or Apple Music. Wherever you stream your music, you just search for Will's Jams. And of course, my YouTube channel has a massive amount of video content, music video content, lyric videos in English, et aussi en français and in French. So um, that's probably the best place. Those are the best. Amazing. Places. Well, I think it's so cool that people my age can now start to say that we grew up with your music um, and it's only getting better. You're still going. The train is still is still chugging to chewing, you could say. Um, <laughs> so it was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks so much for having me. This is a lot of fun. Really nice interview. All right. Have a great day, Will. Thanks. Listeners, this is Trevor from the future, or present, maybe I should say. Now, my keen listeners may have noticed that Will said that brand new album, Will Isika, is out October 21st. Well, guess what? That is in the past now. Will is such a hardworking fella that by the time this interview aired, he already had a new album out. So make sure to check out his new album with Sika Sings on Spotify, Apple Music, all those places. And now, here's the title track from Big Shiny Spoons. After school, I have time to play. That's when my dad's working in the kitchen. When I hear him call me, I know what he'll say. It's almost dinner time, time for me to pitch in. Get up those big shiny spoons, forks and the knives. We're going to eat together, something we've done all our lives. Get up the napkins and the plates and the cutlery. Places for my parents, a place for you and a place for me. Spoon on the right, napkin under the fork, take pride in my job every night. Plate in the middle, and a glass of water too. I'm the best table center upper every night when I 